What's going on, everybody? This is Stanton Moore, and you're listening to the Southpaw Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to episode five. This week, we are joined by our very special guest, Corey Russell, and this episode is probably my favorite up to date. Him and I were able to jump in together and talk from the subject of intimacy being the reward. We talk about revival and what that truly means. We talk about how to steward your secret life of devotion with God, and Corey has given his life to cultivate and to build a lifestyle of prayer and empower and equip the body of Christ to live a life of prayer. We believe that a fresh wave of spiritual hunger is going to hit your heart. We pray this blesses you guys. Let's jump in. On everybody, my name is Stanton Moore, and you're listening to the South Paul Podcast. And we have a very special guest that's jumped on here with us today. And um, I've had the opportunity to do a couple of things with Corey in the past, and I've followed him and his ministry for quite some time now. For those of you that don't know, Corey Robinson is a—I mean, Cor- Corey Robinson, Lord Corey Russell is—he uh, serves on the <laughs> leadership team there in Upper Room in Dallas, Texas. And um, had recently transitioned. Well, it's been a good while now, but spent how long, Corey, in Kansas City? How long were you there? I spent 18 years. Spent 18 years in the prayer room, cultivating a life of intercession and prayer. And uh, now he's serving with Michael and Larissa Miller there at Upper Room. And um, Corey, how you doing, man? Dude, I'm doing well, and I'd be honored to be Corey Robinson. I love that dude. <laughs> Man, he's a dear friend. He's just a covenant brother of mine. I just talked to him not too long ago, so for whatever reason, I just, <laughs> I just came blurting out. But, Corey, uh, today we're going to be talking about, and, and you and I were just sharing a little bit about that, but we want to talk about, we want to talk from the subject of intimacy is the reward. Intimacy is the reward. Um, my, my friend and I, uh, his name is Hunter Hudgens. And we sat down recently over the last 90 days and began recording podcasts. We only have about five episodes, four or five episodes out now. But uh, along uh, the journey of us doing that, we've been kind of listening to other podcasts. And I would say one that has gripped us so much that we really love the way that you and Billy are have kind of have built the gripped podcast and what you're doing on there, how you're communicating about revival, what is revival. Um, and just giving people a vision for revival and what it truly is. And we love that. And so I'm so honored to have you kind of share briefly on kind of what your heart is concerning revival and how that plays into intimacy. So, Corey, the first thing that I would like to speak on and have you speak on is in South Georgia, where I'm from, where I live, um, when you think of revival, most people think of revival in the context of extended meetings. They think mm-hmm. me and my family pick up, we go to a building, and we you know, have, have a powerful service, a great corporate gathering with great worship, a powerful three-point message, and we go home and we, and we might see some people healed, set free, and delivered, and then that's pretty much it. And then we come back the next night and then do it all over again. But you and I both know that is not the true definition and the true meaning of what revival truly is. Intimacy is the reward in everything and anything that we do in the kingdom. And so I want to just talk about I want to talk about because one of the things that you were saying was that you really wanted to explain what true revival really is and give a right definition of that. And then we can talk about intimacy. So why don't we go ahead and jump into that? Yeah, I, 
and and I see it all as one. The, the ultimate longing of God is to dwell on the earth with His people. That that is from Genesis. I, people ask, "What are your four favorite chapters in the Bible?" Or your favorite chapters? I go the first two and the last two. Yeah, <laughs> we we get to see what God called good as heaven and earth interacted with no uh, no blockages, and then we get to see a city descending out of heaven in the last two as God tabernacles among us. So that right there is the ultimate longing in God is to dwell fully on the earth with his people. Now, and so with that, I think of three realities as it relates to, because I, I think it's all one movement in God. It's intimacy, it's revival, and it's his second coming. Yes, sir. And all three of those are one line that that uh, intimacy, and, and so I'll just jump into it this way. Revival, this is my working definition for revival. It's divine seasons, it's seasons. Uh, Acts 3.19, Peter said, times of refreshing. Uh -huh. That there are seasons when God, the Father, openly manifest the rule of his son through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and apostolic preaching. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's that's it's a consciousness of God that pervades regions, that pervades uh, that pervades cities and regions, because right now Jesus is reigning at the right hand of the Father. That is established right now, but yet th for the most part, most people aren't aware of that. Now we are because our, we're under His lordship. But revival are the seasons when the bar is as aware that Jesus is alive as the church is. Mm -hmm. And as crack houses and pedophile rings and human trafficking rings, it's when a region comes underneath the, the conscious awareness, the consciousness that God has a son. He is ruling and reigning and all the powers of the devil are falling like lightning. Mm -hmm. It's the season of the trampling, the season of the destruction of all the works of the devil. That's why Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning when the 70, the 70 disciples went out. That's the divine seasons now. And so we need a clear definition of that because we have a lot of confusion around what's revival. Extended meetings. Are you going to come to my revival next month? Mm -hmm. If you can plan it, it's not revival. If, if you can say it's coming, it's not revival. Come on. Revival isn't even anointed preaching or just signs and wonders or just good articulate or anointed preaching. A matter of fact, revival are the seasons when man goes to the back and God takes the field. Come on. And, 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 and that's what happens. It's an overwhelming consciousness of God, of his presence of his word and, and, and the Holy Spirit attests to it with deep conviction, signs and wonders. And so that's why the outpouring of the Holy Spirit openly manifest the rule of Jesus. I've got my open heaven. Okay. We, and then I hear some people today saying, brother, I am revival. I, I, I am revival. I'm walking in revival. And I said, I love you, bud. But unless you can go down to this cancer ward down the street and clear it out right now, you're a liar. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't tell me 
those seasons. And then that's the seasons of revival is it's when, because I have my open heaven, that's called spiritual authority of a believer. But yet when God, it's not about my open heaven. It's about my neighbor's open heaven. Yes, sir. And it's about God releasing an open heaven over a region and over a city. The book of Acts is God's uh, citywide transformation. That's how God takes over cities. And so we need a right paradigm of what it is. That's right. And, and that it's not an end unto itself. That's another thing I want to talk about. Because when I first got saved, we, I was born in a move of God. Born again in a move of God. And the first six months of my salvation were five meetings a week till three in the morning. Half the high school came to Jesus. We saw a move of God. But then I saw things going back to normal. And I got really angry. I'd yell at everybody to come to the prayer meeting, but nobody came. Mm -hmm. And the harder I tried, and I was getting worn out, and I was thinking revival is the end, and revival isn't the end. Revival are those, here's another working definition that I operate with for revival. It's contraction seasons. Yes. It's contraction seasons that deepens the longing for the full return of Jesus to the planet. And it's, it's actually a snapshot of the day when Jesus is back on the earth, ruling and reigning over everything. And for usually they're about three to three and a half years. Normally a typical historic revival is about a three year move of God. And, but they're a, they're a testimony and a witness of the coming day when the rule of Jesus is on the planet. Mm-hmm. That And so revival is not the end. Revival is the contraction seasons of the birth, which is his return, heaven and earth coming together. And so that's what connects it one to the second coming. But, and now, and I'll just peek into this and then we can ask questions around it now. But, but this is the thing right there. It's, it's intimacy is the reward. My, I have settled it, uh, Stanton. It, it's intimacy today. It's his beauty. When we say intimacy, we mean the, the discovery of who he is, mm-hmm. of what he's like, of how he feels and who we are to him. And that is your reward. And so I, I, I've settled it that when every stadium has been filled, every blind eye has been open, every deaf ear, every lost person has been saved, Corey Russell is going to be sitting in the corner and saying, there is more. Yes, sir. <laughs> And what is the more? It's the full absorption into God. Yes. It's full absorption into God because I was made by him and I was made for for him and I will only be satisfied in him. Yes. He is not a stepping ladder to something that I want to see better in church life and in my, in my circumstances He's not a stepladder into my destiny or into whatever fill it in. He is the reward. Mm-hmm. He is the treasure. This is what he told Abraham in Genesis 15. He goes, Abraham, I'm going to, I mean, the greatest promise ever. I'm going to give you a land, make you great, give you a nation. But know this, I myself am your exceedingly great reward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I am. I'm not a stepping ladder into your destiny. I am your destiny. Come on. And, and I feel like, so I, I just talked about a lot of things right there, but we've got to anchor our heart in him. 
Right. He, he is the fulfillment of all desire and longing. Now, I believe revival, because when you get pregnant, when you get intimate with God, you're going to get pregnant with his longing. And that's what feeds revival. But that sustains you in believing for the historic breakthrough of God in your generation. Yes, sir. And, you know, I was uh, I was just talking with a couple of people on Sunday night. and We were talking about this topic and I was sharing with them. I said, you know, especially coming up, Corey, when you first start encountering God, like what you shared about how basically you were when you were born again, you're almost born again into right in the middle of a move of God. Yes. And if we're not careful, it's we, we attend so many services that our perspective on what a move of God actually is and what it looks like begins to get skewed. Yeah. And the primary reason why I wanted to have you share and why I wanted to record this today and to and to put this out there is to say this. If your perspective is jacked up from the beginning, you're going to find yourself empty and unsatisfied on the inside because a gathering can never give you what Jesus himself can. No. Exactly. A, a, a service or an event is going to come and it's going to go. It's great. You know, it's like on Monday, you know, when you were dating when, back when we were, you know, in, in middle school, high school and college, you know, you're dating and this, you're dating this girl and you start talking about what you're going to do on the weekend. And there's so much anticipation leading up to Friday night. Then you go home and then what do you do? <laughs> exactly. And so there's just this, this real divine internal wrestling match going on in the internal worlds of a lot of people. I think across the board, I think across the body of Christ to say there has got to be more than just simply attending service for two hours on Sunday morning. I love what Paul says. It's so simple. But he says, oh, that I might know him. Yes. He says, I labor for Christ to be formed in you. And so that's the reason why I wanted to jump on here today is just to simply say this, making sure that, listen, we want to see revival. We want to see God come and sit down in cities yeah. and regions, the blind eyes being opened, the deaf ears being opened, the dead raised, demons being cast out. Absolutely. All of that. But it fails in comparison when the God man himself, Yeshua, Jesus himself, it fails miserably in comparison. A sign and a wonder is great. But when Jesus comes, the gifts come with him. Yes. Yes. And so why don't we just end by talking about what happens when we decide, because I love what you said about how when you begin to get intimate with God, Bible says when we draw near to him, he draws near to us. So when we begin to get intimate with God, we get impregnated with yes. purpose, with destiny. The dreamer himself, I think. I think it's Matt Lockett and Will Ford that say, you know, when you hang out with the dream king, you do the Martin Luther King thing. He is the dream king himself. So don't be surprised when you take the when you decide you want to go on this journey of coming to know God intimately, dreams, your destiny, things that you didn't even know were on the inside of you begin bubbling up to the surface because. When he puts you on the earth, he wraps flesh around you. You are a dream. You are God's dream. So, Corey, why don't we just close up and finish this talking about 
the journey of intimacy. You don't just wake up one day and all of a sudden know all that there is to know about God. See, this fires me up so much, man, because when I think about getting into the depths of who God is and knowing him intimately for myself, not for pastor so-and-so, not for what mom and dad do, whatever, all of that's great. But God has a way, Corey, and I have figured this out. God has a way of backing you into a corner, rolling his sleeves up and saying, me and you are not coming out of here until something happens, until something shifts. <laughs> you know, that, you got to have that, your own faith. <laughs> that's the journey of intimacy. So there's so much that begins to happen in that. And it's such a drastic shift from this religious duty that we do twice a week, you know? So what, can you just talk some more about that? <laughs> well, that's exactly what he did to Jacob. In Genesis 32, he it says in Genesis 32, 24, it says, when Jacob was left alone, I love that phrase, that that the angel of the Lord laid hold of him. And, and through that wrestle, he got his name changed oh. and he got a revelation of God's name. Yes, sir. And so I think that's exactly it. I, and, I, and, and just to tie all of this, I, I want to say one other thing. I, I believe we're in the middle of a reformation in the church. I believe it. And I believe that the days of Sunday only Christianity are coming to an end. Mm -hmm. I really believe that the whole shutdown, the global shutdown, it's going to be a restructuring. And I feel like it's not going to be less. It's going to be more. Come on. And I, and I feel like we're going to begin to build our communities and our churches around him and not us. Oh, and it's going to go from convenience driven Christianity to cramming everything in an hour and a half into communities built around ministry to God. We're ministering to everybody but God. Oh, my goodness. Yes, We're sir. ministering to the lost, to the poor, to the marriages, to the youth, to the young adults, to the men, to the women. Who's ministering to God? And I believe that a thousand other issues will get settled when we get this connected. So I believe that prayer and worship is going to begin to go from a backroom ministry and a salt on the meal ministry into the primary ministry. Mm -hmm. And God's going to begin to set intercessors in his house. And uh, we're going to see a lot of that stuff. That's what I, I, that's why I love David. I think, you know, the main Psalm 27, four needs to be tattooed on this generation. David goes, there's only one thing I want from God. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking about the man who, who was a billionaire, a man who had all the influence as the king over Israel, mm -hmm. all the glory, all the promises, all the stuff. And he goes, there's only one thing I want from God. True. You, can, you can take everything else from me, but he's saying, God, there's one thing you can't take from me. And it's proximity and nearness and revelation of who you are. It's worth it all, man. Yes, sir. I want to be close to you. I want to look at you and I want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. That's my reward. Lord. And I feel like God wants to reorient the next generation of leaders into not seeing Jesus and prayer and fasting as paying your dues into your quote unquote calling. I, I really believe that Jesus isn't a stepladder into your destiny. He actually wants to kill your destiny oh. so he can resurrect his through you. And, and so that that's the whole thing is Jesus is not going to be manipulated. 
We're, he's not going to be maneuvered by us. We'll, we'll put in our time with God and bear the boredom and listen to as much YouTube and this and that. But God's saying, uh-uh, I, I want you to go through the journey of boredom, go through the journey of mundaneness. The, the quickest way to develop your life of intimacy is to find a consistent time and place every day that you meet with God and that you don't let any amount of opportunity, money, betrayal or mistreatment keep you from that meeting. That's so big. So those are my thoughts. And I just think, I think that's, we've got to see a reorientation of a whole generation to this one thing. Yes, sir. Corey, why don't you uh, guys, if you're listening to this today and you are, are hearing this, this type of a language, maybe this is new for you. Um, maybe you have kind of sat on the back of a pew and kind of just feel like you've rotted there. And you know, deep down on the inside of your heart that Jesus died for a whole lot more than for you to just go through a routine and there never actually be any transformation that happens on the inside of you. That there is never any development and growth and spiritual hunger. I love there's a message that I love listening to uh, by Pastor Bill Johnson. And he says he talks about the gift of spiritual hunger. I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad that you hit on just a little bit of actually, okay, I want to do this thing. How do I go about engaging that? Corey, let's let's close with this and then I want you to pray. If there's someone listening today and they say, hey, I want to grow intimate with God and maybe they're new to this whole thing of intimacy because I, as we've said, we know that that's where it all begins. And so if they're new in this process of engaging the Lord and, 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 and seeking to know him intimately, how can they go about doing that? Even the model in Matthew chapter six that says, go into your room, shut the door, pray to the God in private and the God who is in private rewards you openly in public. If they're seeking that, I know, man, praying in the Holy Ghost is something for me that has even praying until the shift comes is so yes. key for me. And and you and you, uh, Corey, have been a huge part of that. Just hearing your language and teaching about prayer, how to engage God deeply. Sometimes, like I've heard you say so many times, sometimes it's boring. Sometimes it's stale and you don't feel like you're accomplishing anything. Yes. Um, so maybe there are people listening to this and they say, man, how do I engage? Because I can't necessarily see him. I don't see him. I don't necessarily feel him. And I feel like it's empty and I feel like I'm not accomplishing anything, you know, but we, j I just, man, I just want to release a grace today uh, to say, you know what, there is something happening. You are growing in God, but maybe they're listening, Corey. Maybe they don't know how to engage the Lord that way, or maybe they've never been taught how to actually not just read the scriptures, but take the scriptures, meditate on that, take them to the prayer closet and into their time with God. One of the things that I love to do recently, I've been thinking about Psalm 25, where David says, I lift up my soul before the Lord. Yes. Just thinking about that and what that actually means. So if they're listening to this, Corey, how can they begin to cultivate that hunger and that burning that is on the inside of them? But how do they begin to actually walk and step into that? Yes, I, I just go back to it. You need to find a consistent time and a consistent place that no amount of money or opportunity or betrayal and mistreatment 
talk you out of and make it sacred. Number one, Jesus says, when you pray, okay? When they asked him, teach us to pray. First off, that's what Jesus produced in the ones that were around him the most as they wanted his prayer life. I, I, I want to be a leader who provoked, who, who, whose life of prayer provokes the same thing. Number one, number two, Jesus said, when you pray, which means you just can't read books on it and go to conferences and listen to podcasts on it. You actually got to do it. And prayer is on the job training. You learn how to do it while doing it. Okay. So you got to show up. And number, number three, he says, when you pray, say our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Prayer doesn't start with you and your list. Prayer starts with a person, a place, and his name. Mm -hmm. The person is Abba. You need to go on a journey of discovering God as your father. Jesus has shared his dad with the whole world, and he has brought you into intimacy. And, and the very fact of fatherhood of God, it is going to expose a lot of things on the inside of us because of all the brokenness in this generation due to the lack of the father. So going on the journey of discovering the, the, the power and the ability of God and the heart of God as father and yes, becoming definitely. safe in his presence. And number two is learning how to, what you just said, Stanton, lifting up, as you said, your soul. I've been saying lifting up your eyes mm -hmm. and how because we are locking in with a real place and it's in the heavens that there's a throne room, Revelation chapter four. If you want to grow in your prayer life, I think Revelation chapter four is a great place because we see the throne room of God and you have direct access through that open door to connect with your father on the throne. So you need to connect with the in heaven and learn how to close your eyes and to see that invisible realm with the eyes of faith mm -hmm. and learn how to cultivate a, a spirit of revelation on your eyes and then connect with the holy, holy, the fact of the unending revelation of God. And I, I think when, as we begin to learn how to ascend, worship, worship him, get songs in your, in your living, in your bedroom, get get songs that you sing to him, phrases that you speak to him and you lift your soul and you lift your gaze to heaven until you're there. Mm -hmm. And, and you just do it till you're there. And you're like, what do you mean? You'll know when you're there. And, and, and everybody, everybody wants to learn how to walk on water in the boat. And, and the, and the Lord's saying, I want you to show up instead of trying to figure it all out on this side, you're going to figure it out into the hungry soul you will discover him. I promise you that. To the person that is hungry, he will show you. And he says, just come after me. Come on. Come after me. Reach for me. Claw for me. Scratch. Just come after me and say, God, I want to know you for real. I don't want to dance around someone else's fire. I want to get in the fire. Mm. I want to know you. I want to feel you. I want to hear you. I want to be so intimate with you, God. Mm -hmm. And if you make that time and place sacred, never miss it, you will wake up in six months and then you will wake up in two years and then you will wake up in 10 years and you will see the unpacking of heaven uh, and, and a life of intimacy explode all around you. And the beautiful thing about this man is that he's wooing us. Yes. He is drawing us. And so I, don't, I, I pray that those that are listening today, you don't hear this as, it's from this 
performance based. We've got to strain in order for God to be pleased with us. I love I love thinking about Peter in the boat that day. Uh, man, everybody else remains in the boat, but he heard the word when he saw Jesus. Jesus calls him. You know, he's he hears the word. Come on out. Uh, and the fact that he decided to launch out in faith and begin to walk. So what does that have to do with prayer? My point is in saying that is that there is a drawing and there is a wooing. He chose you, friend, long before you could have ever chosen him. He wants you. He is desiring you. And he is the desire of the nations, the only thing that truly matters. So, Corey, let's close by you praying for a wave of spiritual hunger and a longing and a groaning for intimacy to hit the bellies, to hit the just the the bellies, the the spirits of the people that are listening today, man, this can shift everything. Come on. Yeah. And I just want to say to you, any relationship, any growing in intimacy with God doesn't happen on accident. Yes, sir. You know, Stanton, you've grown in relationship with your wife. What if you said, let's not worry about date nights. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be religious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You make a time sacred and God honors it. Anyway, Lord, I ask you right now in the name of Jesus, if you would awaken spiritual hunger in the heart of every man and woman, young and old, that you would lay hold of them with spiritual fervency and hunger to know God. That you would throw off all the bands and all the lies and the accusations and that they would be like kids that go, I just want to know God. I just want to know God and I'll turn my whole life around to know him for real. God, I pray that you would baptize every listener with spiritual hunger. Yes. That you would awaken wisdom. It's not just revelation. It's wisdom. And God, I pray for wisdom and schedules, wisdom in their life, wisdom to build a place that you'll fill with your glory. God, I ask you to release the spirit of prayer. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. 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 Well, God bless you guys. Thank you, Corey. And thank you guys for tuning in. We'll be back soon with another episode of the South Paul podcast. Bless you guys.